Grace Kelly, singer, saxophonist, composer, and arranger, originally from Wellesley, Massachusetts, has appeared oh so many places, including being a regular on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert's band, John Baptiste, and Stay Human. Grace Kelly wrote her first song at seven years old, recorded her first CD at 12, orchestrated and performed her original composition with the Boston Pops Orchestra at 14, and performed at President Obama's inauguration at 16. As a band leader, Grace has performed over 800 concerts in over 30 countries, the Hollywood Bowl, Kennedy Center, Carnegie Hall, Symphony Hall, and festivals such as Montreal, Newport, and Montreux. Grace has performed and recorded with Harry Connick Jr., Wynton Marsalis, Dave Brubeck, Steve Martin, Tina Fey, Martin Short, Maya Rudolph, Emma Stone, Lin-Manuel, Questlove, Esperanza Spalding, Lee Konitz, Phil Woods, Ron Carter, David Sanborn, Marcus Miller, Diane Reeves, Dee Dee Bridgewater, Huey Lewis, and Gloria Estefan, to name but a few. Featured by Vanity Fair as a millennial shaking up the jazz world, Grace's state-of-the-art brand of, of electro jazz pop and inventive digital content raises her profile on the fusion scene as she presents classic and contemporary works. Grace is a multiple award winner as an alto sax player, winner of the 64th annual 2016 Downbeat Magazine Critics Poll as rising star alto saxophone voted number four alto saxophonist in the 2016 downbeat magazine readers poll jazz artist of the year 2016 boston music awards and i'm going to go on but no we want to hear from her she's been featured on amazon's emmy nominated tv bosch cnn.com glamour magazine's top 10 college women 2011 forbes billboard huffington post and many appearances on national public radio grace has won multiple composer awards and boston music awards international songwriting awards and after appearing all these fine places grace kelly comes to us today from the boston international airport en route to her next gig in portland oregon she'll be appearing october 19th here in irvine at the barclay theater also known as chang hall a stop on her tour entitled grace's joy party Welcome to KUCI, Grace Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you for that awesome intro. Well, you built it. Live from the airport, as you can hear the rolling suitcases. We can, Thanks for having me. We can hear the boarding passes getting everybody all organized. Well, congratulations on what are your 11th and your 12th recordings, Go Time Brooklyn, released last May, and Brooklyn 2 being released right next week on Paz Productions. Let's start, Grace, at the beginning, like we always do. You've been working since you were a, a preteen. I'd like to know, what was the first instrument that you picked up? First instrument was actually vocal. Um, I was singing since I could talk. That's what I've been told. And then classical piano at the age of six. And then the first woodwind was the clarinet. I played that in um, fourth grade public school band program. And then moved to the saxophone at the age of 10. So you were singing first. So, And that's, as I understand, your family were queuing up all kinds of jazz selections as you were very young. So you were probably singing back to some of those recordings that you were having them play for you? 
Yeah, it's definitely the music that they played um, has an imprint into my brain and subconscious musical education. So I was actually singing along to great Brazilian songs and the saxophonist Dan Getz since the age of eight. And uh, a lot of great music, jazz, pop, you know, the Beatles were playing, Stevie Wonder was playing, Charlie Parker was playing. Wow. Uh, Stan Getz was, I think, when I was about eight or nine, that was my first birthday. Uh, it was a present for, uh, at the age of nine for my father. So it's pretty... Oh, my gosh. Pretty, we're on the same, we're we're on, the same wavelength. It's a total wavelength. Well, after, you know, chalking up so many accomplishments, then you go to Berkeley College of Music where you graduated. Was that, an, I mean, it was in, you pretty much knew that from around being around your neighborhood. Is that an institution that could manage the ambitious trajectory that you already were on? Well, you know, I'm actually very good friends with the president of Berkeley College of Music, Roger Brown, and he told me, because I started there at, at the age of 16, and they gave me a full scholarship to go, and they wanted me to go that year. Um, and he always says to me every time we're together, he's like, I know you had a million other schools you could have picked and went, and we're just so honored that you decided on Berkeley. And the thing that I love the most about Berkeley and really sold me about going to university is their professors are like well-esteemed musicians out there doing amazing things, Grammy Award winners, just like, you know, people that I really look up to. And there's a huge international population among the student body, which, again, I just loved. And the most important thing is they were 100% on board with me touring while I was in school. So there would be times that I would leave, you know, for like four weeks and then come back and take midterms. And the school knows that as musicians, they're there as a tool so that we can get out and, and perform live and cultivate fan base so they're very very they very much green light all the students to do their thing especially when it's on like a professional touring level wonderful so the the neighborhood came through and brought the world to you it sounded like a great match it was a great match musically and you know fit wise of school so I'm, I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity with Berkeley well having a little bit of a taste of your performing uh, it come occurs to me i'd like to know when when do you know grace when your composition calls for your voice or for your saxophone mm, that's a really good question i think it just hits me in different ways sometimes i sit down and i feel a phrase come on and it just it has a lyric to it and in that case i kind of run with it and i create a vocal melody all of my saxophone songs start as vocal songs Okay. To me, you know, playing an instrument is just expressing the voice inside one's head. So it's really, really important to me in my music that I can sing everything that I know it's worthy of touching the instrument. So at that point, when I've already crafted a melody, it's kind of clear to me whether it's something that should have lyrics added onto it or if it should be an instrumental song. Um, but it all kind of comes through the same channel and same pathways creatively. Right. Well, Grace, when you perform, your musicality is accompanied by a tremendous physicality. What is your secret for maintaining the necessary stamina and high quality together? Oh, well, you know, I've always felt music as a very physical thing. When I go see concerts, you know, I can't help but move my body and 
be a part of it like that. So it would actually be working against my instinct to try to stay still. Um, I actually started <laughs> performing uh, when I was really little. I was into Broadway musicals, and I was dancing. I was acting. And so dance has always really been a part of my uh, expression since I was like six years old. And I studied ballet, and then I got pretty heavily into tap dance. So now it's just been really excited to like exciting to get back into those elements that were my first love of of performance, and then realize that there is a place for it all to fit together for music, for dance. At the end of the day, it's just expressing, you know, what I feel um, and like that joyfulness and the positivity and bringing it to my audience. And I've noticed that the more things that I can work on in performance art, the stronger that you know my performance becomes. Well, speaking of expressing what you feel, would you talk to us about what's been called a girl anthem of, of our dreams? The, it's entitled She's the First. Um, tell us a little bit about what you were doing with that, and I'm going to ask you uh, about any developments that summon up new messages from you. Oh, well, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's one of my favorite songs. I wrote that song for a really special nonprofit called She's the First. They're based out of New York City. And they're all about girls' education, and they have literally sent over 800 girls to school, to high school, to college, girls that would not have the means and the financial assistance to be able to do that if it weren't for She's the First. Um, and they're, you know, all around the world, Ethiopia and India. And these are, I've seen, well, I've met a couple of the girls at past galas that I've performed at, but I've also just gotten messages from um, She's the First Scholars who have heard my song. I had one girl tell me that she actually listens to the song on repeat for her whole walk to school and then on her whole walk back. And I've had other girls in the U.S. because they have their girls in the U.S. helping with fundraisers and doing a bunch of different things. And uh, these girls also tell me that they play the song to, you know, amp up for their meetings and it's it's really been incredibly moving. All of the money that comes in from downloads from the song goes straight to She's the First. And Tammy and Kristen, who are Tammy's the CEO and Kristen's the co-founder, are just rock stars. And it really inspires me that every day they go to work with their team, you know, changing so many young girls' lives. And so it was an absolute pleasure to basically give them the song and then uh, just become part of their family and hearing the stories of these girls is it's really amazing well i can see the anthem it, will, it continues throughout into uh, these times i want to know if there's any developments that summon new messages from you i'm 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 always wanting to ask performers um as audience are always hungry for a tonic in these particularly challenging times yeah absolutely i mean i think the greatest thing about being an artist is that we are able to express how we feel. And that's, of course, you know, um, very much affected by the times that we live in. For me personally, becoming a part of She's the First Family is super important to me because anything women's empowerment and especially education related is just very, very close to my heart. So, you know, when when they first came to me asking if they'd, I'd play at their gala, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, I'm gonna, I want to gift you guys with, with your own anthem and your own song. And that's really developed into 
getting to work more with female empowerment organizations and other educational um, nonprofits. I'm working uh, and performing for a wonderful nonprofit called Pencils of Promise. Ah. CEO is Adam Braun, and they have, wow, made a huge impact in the world. And I'm doing a performance in collaboration with them next month. So, you know, it just makes me really, really happy to get these moments of working with these incredible nonprofits that are, like I was saying, on a daily basis, just trying to cultivate and create so much beautiful change and dedicating their lives to that and to helping others. And for me, music is my medium and and my way that I'm able to get the message out. So I hope to do a lot more of it. And again, girls and, and female empowerment is a very special thing, very uh, needed in these times. And I feel I have a unique position as a woman, you know, playing a more of a male-dominated instrument and in a field yes. that there's more men um, to really to, to be kind of a spokesperson. And I've gotten many messages from young girls telling me that I've been an inspiration. And, you know, I realize everybody needs role models. So I take that very, very seriously. And it's quite a an honor for me and something I never thought would happen. So, yeah, it's something to be taken, you know. I, I uh, it means a lot to me. So, are you going to be rocking the vote during this season? Oh, of course, yes. <sighs> okay. Well, obviously, you were having such a wonderful time with your virtual performance last spring out of Brooklyn, Go Time Brooklyn. It, you brought a fully live choreographed show to the Systems 2 recording studio in the Big Apple in front of an in-person audience and thousands more globally all over your Facebook live broadcast. Talk about an audience connection that still stays with you. Well, there have been so many, so many beautiful memories and experiences of literally getting to communicate with my fans and audience about what a song has meant to them. Um, people literally coming up to me after my show. One guy once told me that my song, Trying to Figure It Out, <laughs> is a song he has on repeat, and it's gotten him through very tough times. And, um, you know, for me, every time I hear a personal message from someone, I take it very, very seriously and to heart um, because I know those are vulnerable moments for people to open up and they don't have to, you know, they don't have to tell me those things. But for me, it's an, a pleasure to write the songs and to get the feelings out. But then it goes a whole nother dimension uh, and level further when I hear from others of how it's affected my music's affected their lives. And, you know, being in touch with my fans through the internet and, like, at live shows, signing CDs, talking to people is one of my favorite things. And I like to stay very close to my fans on social media. I do weekly live streams from my music studio on wow. Sunday nights called Sunny Sundays. And uh, on Instagram, like, direct messaging fans back and, you know, kind of talking taking their questions, and uh, I just launched a Patreon, which is a wonderful platform for independent musicians to be in touch with their fans and give them exclusive gifts in return for their support. And most importantly, my fans have been the reason why I'm able to do what I do. I launched a Pledge Music a little while back, which is basically a Kickstarter crowdfunding platform for musicians, and my fans 100% funded wow. a uh, Brooklyn studio project and it is an expensive endeavor so I am incredibly grateful for them for making it happen you know it's not easy for independent artists to be out here like 
making our own music, financing everything, and the fact that fans are happy to step in and in exchange for cool exclusives like, you know, mm, private playlists and signed merch and going out to lunch. I mean, there's a lot of things people can pick from. They're the reason why this latest project happened. So that the funding there, was that for the Go Time Brooklyn venue? Is that is that yes. the studio? Okay, so we can all have yeah. a look at that what you're talking about. Well And it's still the only place that people can pre order my upcoming album. So every time a fan pre orders it, it's literally not only is money going to getting your signed autograph copy, but it goes straight into supporting the project and making it happen. Because now that the project's over, there's still a bajillion other things to do, you know, as far as distributing the music and then uh, getting it out there in press and all that. So and then the next project, you know, it's um, so people can still be a part of it. And there's a beautiful private Facebook group that once people pledge, they can become a part of that group. And I think we have over, you know, 250 members at this point from all around the globe. Wow. Well, so you will be appearing here in Irvine at the Barclay Theater. It's an intimate 750-seat capacity. <laughs> yeah. So I, you're, you're, you can move into any kind of venue, I can tell. that The Barclay Theater president, Jerry Mandel, he's also an established jazz impresario, a standard bear for jazz. He selected you, or you maybe selected him, to expand the jazz audience. I just want to prepare you. Your own high-vibe graphic is featured at the main screen outside oh that God. venue. So, <laughs> so uh, well... Wow. And and there's drum roll still here. Well, this this last Wednesday, Witten Marsalis and his jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra warmed up the room for your Grace's Joy Party. Oh my goodness! Uh, and you know, Winton first brought me on stage when I was 16 uh, okay. with his jazz orchestra. Okay. And brought me to perform at Obama's inauguration. Oh, I wish I could have been. One. Oh my goodness! Well, tell us, Grace Kelly, about the members of the party who will be accompanying you on October 19th here at the Barclay. So I have a wonderful, wonderful band that's been with me for a while. Julian Pollock, who's based in Los Angeles, is going to be on keys. And um, I have a wonderful bass player, Nate Kearney, who I've done a lot of work with. Um, he travels all around the world with many musicians. And my drummer, who's also fabulous and based in L.A. Okay. Well, let uh, everybody know how people can follow you and nab a few recordings. You're yeah, absolutely. So, I'm so sorry. This is like, this is probably the worst place to do an interview. Now everybody can hear hear the Dallas announcement. I guess it's 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 real life from the road, right? Um, so people yes. can find me online at gracekellymusic.com, facebook.com, slash gracekellymusic. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, Pledge Music, and yeah, I'm really very excited for this performance. I'm doing a special giveaway of two pairs of tickets in conjunction with Barclay Center, which we're just doing a, a social media giveaway. It's very simple to enter into that. And uh, I know they're getting the word out. I so appreciate you getting the word out. And uh, to all of your listeners, I hope that will come out. We're really excited for the show. Well, we have some very outstanding jazz shows, especially on Thursday, and we're all going to be uh, making sure they're, they're going to give you your due in advance and, of course, afterward. Well, 
thank you, Grace Kelly, for your time. Thank you. Give, thank you so much. Thank you. Give my best to beloved Portland and hope to see you down the street in two weeks. My guest, yes. my guest was Grace Kelly, singer, saxophonist, composer, and arranger, talking with us in advance of her October 19th appearance at the Irvine Barclay Theater, 8 p.m., this on her tour entitled Grace's Joy Party. Her latest recordings, Go Time, Brooklyn, and Brooklyn 2. The latter's just going to be released October 12th on Past Productions. All the best, Grace. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.